0: Welcome to this Uvula Audio production of The Lone Ranger and The Mystery Ranch by Fran Stryker. I'm your narrator, Jim Campanella. Franz Stryker wrote The Mystery Ranch story as a pulp novel in 1938, and it became one of his most popular stories. As stated in our previous book cast, the first Lone Ranger origin novel appeared in 1936, and eventually 18 volumes were published. We just found out recently that the first book was actually written by Gaylord Dubois, not Fran Stryker. However, the rest of the series was written by Stryker, who was the character's creator. Stryker also re edited and rewrote parts of later editions of that first novel, so if you listen to our audiobook here, Stryker's rewritten version of the Masked Man's origin story was the one you heard. The series was first published between 1936 and 1956 in hardback by Grosset and Dunlap. And those stories were reprinted in 1978 by Pinnacle Books. They are now completely out of print. In this, the second story of the series, the Lone Ranger and Tonto ride into the midst of a murderous riddle. A dead man and talk of a missing piece of a map to a fortune in gold are the only clues. However, a vicious gang of outlaws known as the Night Legion has been terrorizing the area, also in quest for the map. It seems obvious they're responsible for the killing. Then suddenly, there's more violence and more killing. Into this bullet-torn scene, two lovely young girls arrive by stagecoach to visit the Whitcomb Ranch. And soon the ranch becomes the mysterious focus of a deadly war between the Night Legion and Sheriff Cook's badly outnumbered men. But two other men could make the difference. The Lone Ranger and Tonto. And now, The Lone Ranger and the Mystery Ranch. CHAPTER I. DEAD MAN'S VALLEY Silence, intense and oppressive, gripped the moonlit expanse of plain. No living thing stirred, and there were no trees whose foliage might rustle. It was as if the hand of death had reached out to touch all that was capable of sound or motion. Clouds hung low, blocking out all light, "'from moon and stars. absorbed heat, given off by the far reaches of level land, "'made a depressing atmosphere. "'Then through the night two men moved at a slow gait. "'Their horses were two silver-white blobs, "'without definite outline, ten yards distant. "'The men sat on their horses with an easy grace, "'but with constant vigilance, of those whose life might be forfeit for a moment's relaxation. The smaller of the men had the bronzed, high-cheekboned face of an Indian. His long black hair was parted in the center of his head, and drawn back tightly to be fashioned in a war-knot at the back of his neck. The Indian's name was Tonto. He was the faithful friend and ally of the most mysterious figure ever to ride the plains and prairies or roam the woods and mountains of the west. He was known as the Lone Ranger. "'Maybe we find a place for capsud he said. His companion did not answer at once. His very silence seemed a part of his grim strength, dominating personality and strong character. He had the lithe grace of a panther, broad of shoulder, lean of hip. His six-foot-two height was topped by a broad-brimmed stetson. The upper part of his clean-shaven face was masked. A fine, firm chin and well-formed mouth added to the impression that here was a man of sterling courage and untold power. The ivory handles of a brace of forty-fives protruded from holsters strapped low on either side. "'We'll push on a little longer, Tonto,' he said at last. The Indian looked at him across the few feet of space that separated the horses. There seemed no reason for continuing further. Both white stallions were worn from the hard trail of the past sixteen hours. There are trees ahead where we could make a better camp. The masked man finished. Necessity and constant vigilance made it a habit of the Lone Ranger to keep himself informed about the terrain. He never missed an opportunity to add to his fund of knowledge when he once passed over a certain stretch of country he would never forget its hills and valleys woods and water arroyos and rock formations many times in the past his safety had depended upon this uncanny knowledge he might at any moment be in desperate need of a place of concealment his daring acts of courage in the name of justice made him known throughout the west to many of the pioneers he existed as an almost legendary character only a small portion of those who knew him had seen him and none of these had ever seen his face unmasked many times his safety had depended upon his knowledge of a cave or other place of hiding many outlaws had sworn to kill the masked rider for his work in bringing countless desperadoes to justice and breaking up untold rustling gangs and outlaw bands, Even lawmen wanted the Lone Ranger. Only a few had been convinced that this strange figure was not an outlaw, and those few thanked God for the man who had no thought of personal glory or reward, for the man whose only purpose in life seemed to be to help the deserving, and punish the lawless in a region where laws were few, and those few seldom enforced. Tonto peered ahead into the gloom. Only the soft clump of the horse's hooves broke the absolute stillness of the night. Trees ahead? But how far? There were no stars visible to aid in charting a course across the unbroken plain, but the lone ranger seemed instinctively to head in the right direction. There's a little valley somewhere ahead of us, he told his friend and if we don't find water in the valley, there are trees beyond. We can camp there. He didn't suspect the dread thing he'd find in the valley, and he didn't know that, at that very moment, hooded men broke through the trees he mentioned, carrying death and destruction where they went. It was half an hour before they reached the slight depression of the valley. The stillness here was even more marked than the open plain. There were a few trees whose cool leaves at times brushed the bodies of the masked man and the Indian, but no breath of air stirred the leaves to make the slightest rustle. The valley seemed an eerie place, with only the soft clump of hoofs to break the deathlike stillness. A queer sensation crept down the Lone Ranger's spine. He felt a foreboding of evil, an unexplainable sense of a presence in the valley. Something seemed to be here with them. Yet there was no sound. The horses felt something unusual. Though no command was given either by voice or rein. they slowed their pace until they barely moved. A shaft of light struck down as the moon broke through the clouds for a moment. The Lone Ranger jerked quickly on the reins to bring Silver to a willing halt. The pale light reflected from the face of a man directly ahead "'and slightly above the Lone Ranger. "'It was a distorted face, "'with wide staring eyes and open mouth. "'The head was twisted to one side, "'and sweat had streaked the dirt "'to make it a grim and awful object. "'The man was dead. "'A rope dropping from the branch above his head "'was formed into a tight noose "'about his swollen throat, "'his feet dangled clear and free. Quickly urging his horse a couple of paces forward, the lone ranger circled the lifeless body with one arm while Tonto slashed through the rope with a knife. Then the Indian dismounted and helped lower the rigid form to the ground. The moon was gone again. Darkness shrouded the valley. While the masked man brought a candle from his saddlebag and stuck it to the ground beside the corpse, Tonto struck a match and lit it. By the poor illumination, they examined the pitiful victim of some cruel hangman. The figure on the ground was that of a young man. He couldn't have been more than twenty-five years old. Alive, his face might have been considered good-looking, in a homespun sort of way. His features were well-shaped, and the red hair and freckles made the Lone Ranger think of several good-natured, easy-going fellows of similar appearance that he knew. But now this face was transformed by the torture he must have suffered before death came. While the Lone Ranger searched the dead man's pockets for some identifying mark, Tonto lit a second candle and by its light examined the ground on his hands and knees. He saw that horsemen had been here, quite a few of them to judge by the way the grass was beaten down. The Indian was sure they must be outlaws because a legal execution would not have been performed in this place, so far from any town or village. Then his hand brushed something on the ground. He examined it more closely and found it was a black cloth hood, shaped to cover a man's head, with two holes cut out where the eyes would be. This hood was not an unfamiliar article to Tonto. In fact, it was altogether too familiar. It represented... The Night Legion. The Lone Ranger nodded when he saw the hood. He too knew of the Night Legion. Holding out a bit of paper for his Indian friend to see, he said, This was fastened to the dead man's shirt. He held it closer to the light while Tonto studied it. What does it say? A man who sees the face of one of the Night Legion dies. Tonto nodded grimly. Well, that hood explains it. This fellow met the Night Legion here, and there was a struggle. He managed to tear the hood off of one of them, and because of it, was killed. Ugh, agreed the Indian. Then he dropped suddenly beside the still form on the ground. The right hand of the dead man was clenched about something that had so far escaped notice. Prying apart the rigid fingers, Tonto found a stub of a pencil and another scrap of paper. It was the torn, stiff back of what had once been a small notebook. Holding it close to the candlelight, the Indian and the masked man saw the hurriedly scribbled words. "'Good Lord,' breathed the Lone Ranger, "'that fellow had sterling courage. While he strangled, waiting for that rope to choke his life away, he managed to write this in the hope that somebody would find it. "'What does it say?' "'Joe Frisbee Shack,' IN WOODS, TWO MILES WEST CHAPTER TWO THE NIGHT LEGION Digging with the few tools the Lone Ranger and Tonto carried with them was an arduous toil, but the poor lad, whose bruised and battered body still lay on the soft grass, could not be left exposed to the ravages of wolves and buzzards. For a time, the Lone Ranger thought of carrying the dead man with him to the nearest town in the hope of finding relatives or friends. But the nearest town was many miles away, and just ahead, according to the dead man's message, there was a man named Joe Frisbee and a warding of danger. The Night Legion was nearby, and sooner or later the Lone Ranger knew he'd meet these fiends. He'd planned it, in fact. He'd dedicated his life to that meeting that was sure to come it might be tonight tomorrow or it might be in many months but when he did meet them he would need all his strength of his horse unhampered by a second man in the saddle the shallow gray was finally prepared and the body wrapped in one of the lone rangers blankets was gently lowered to his final resting place then hat in hand the lone ranger did a rare thing in the darkness he removed his mask for an instant, while his clean-cut face was lifted toward the sky in silent prayer for the departed soul, and while Tonto's head was bowed, the moon broke again through the clouds, Tonto echoed the white man's Amen. The two men filled the grave and packed the dirt down. They marked the place with a crude cross made of green wood lashed together. "'wood from the same tree that had served so grim a purpose a short while before. "'When they were finished, the Lone Ranger said, "'One more added to the many marks against the Night Legion.' "'Tanto nodded silent agreement. "'The horses were repacked, tools stowed in place, "'and candles returned to saddlebags. "'Then the two men swung to their saddles.' Soon the valley was behind them and the horses slowed down as the Lone Ranger and Tonto entered a small woods. "'We've covered about two miles,' the masked man said. "'I wonder just what was meant by the name Joe Frisbee.' There was no need for Tonto to reply. No time, in fact. At that moment the Lone Ranger brought Silver to a halt. "'Look there, through the trees.' A dim red glow, barely visible ahead, resolved itself into the embers of a fire. Approaching closer, the Lone Ranger saw a fireplace through the open door of what proved to be a small one-room cabin. Tonto, said the masked man to his friend, stay here with the horses. I'm going ahead on foot. Tonto started to object. When there was danger, he wanted to be at his tall masked friend's side. It's best, went on the Lone Ranger, for you to keep back. In case someone gets to drop on me, you can come from behind and cover them. If we're there together, we'd have no chance. Tonto saw the good sense of this plan. You call, he said, speaking in a voice hardly above a whisper. I will come. Lone Ranger went ahead. His movement was as silent as that of a mountain lion. No twig snapped beneath his feet. He carefully tested each step, shifting his weight from one foot to the other slowly. The Night Legion, he thought. They were near here. Was Joe Frisbee one of them, or was Joe Frisbee in danger at their hands? Was it a genuine note in the dead man's hand, or was it merely part of a carefully laid trap to bring the Lone Ranger into the hands of the Night Legion? Countless thoughts. Raced through his active mind as he drew closer to the shack. The door was opened, and there seemed to be no movement inside. The evidence of sheer brutality, ruthless destruction, and cold blooded attempt at murder earmarked another outrage of the Night Legion. The only thing left undisturbed in the small cabin was the remnant of a fire. Embers still glowed in the fireplace to cast a dim, uncertain light about the room itself. Hands held less than a scant inch from the ivory butts of his six-guns. The lone ranger stepped into the room. A quick glance showed no one crouching behind the door, or tensed in a dim corner ready to leap upon him. Near the crude bunk against the wall on the masked man's right, a white-haired old man sprawled in a lifeless, unnatural position on the floor. Keeping one hand near a gun, the masked man, lit a stub of a candle which was on the floor beside the upset table and held it high to survey the scene in more detail there was even more destruction than his first quick glance had disclosed furniture crude though it was had been torn apart in wanton destruction several boards were ripped from the floor to disclose the hard-packed earth beneath an old trunk standing in one corner had its lid smashed open and the contents consisting of an assorted batch of clothing, old letters, papers, some mining certificates, and other miscellaneous odds and ends were strewn about the place. It was as though nothing in the one-room shack had gone untouched. Even the fireplace stones had been attacked by the old running iron that apparently served as a poker. Several of the stones lay on the floor where they'd fallen after being dug from place. The quick eye and keen mind of the Lone Ranger observed all these things in the half-minute he stood in the center of the room with the candle held high. Then he moved quickly to the sprawling figure on the floor beside the bed. Placing his light beside the old man, his hands explored the unconscious body. By all the laws of nature, Joe Frisbee should have been already stiffening in death. The knife thrust into his back was in a bad place. Dark moisture still seeped from the wound to spread out onto the floor. And yet, Joe Frisbee breathed. His breathing came in labored gasps, but his weak heartbeat seemed irregular. If Tonto were here, the Lone Ranger thought, he could do more for this man than I. Tonto's skill in treating knife and pistol wounds was nothing short of miraculous. He seemed to combine the white man's surgery with the ancient lore of his own people and many a man lived in the West only because it was Tonto who had cared for him when he came out on the losing end of a gunfight. The Lone Ranger himself was one of these. While he cut away the man's shirt and built up the fire, and put water over it to heat, he recalled the vivid impressions of his first meeting with the Indian. "'The Night Legion,' he muttered, in thinking of that time long months ago. He breathed the words as if they were a curse. Indeed, the Night Legion had been for some time a curse to the law abiding settlers in the cattle country. It was to wipe out the dreaded hooded riders who were banded together in outlawry of every sort that a small band of Texas Rangers had ridden into the district. Then, through the betrayal of a man the Rangers had befriended, the Night Legion surrounded them in their camp. Expert killers, sighting their guns from behind protecting rocks, poured withering fire on the surprised lawmen. The fight was hard, and the Texas Rangers made a game stand. But unprotected as they were, they had no chance for victory against huge odds. To a man, the Texas Rangers fell while their horses were led away by gloating, laughing murderers in black hoods. Recollection of that fight brought hard lines to the masked man's face. He tested the water with his fingers and decided it was warm enough to bathe Joe Frisbee's wound. While he withdrew the knife as gently as he could and proceeded to bathe the ugly gash between the narrow shoulders, he wondered if some strange fate hadn't been the cause of his own salvation. Some fate that had brought Tonto, the Indian, to the scene of the Texas Ranger massacre, fate that had left him, of all the Texas Rangers, with a spark of life in his badly shattered body. Tato had carried him in his brawny arms to a cave where careful treatment healed the wounds and brought the ranger back to health. The only one of the Texas Rangers, he thought at the time, the lone ranger. Then knowing that the night legionnaires would mark him as a Texas ranger if they saw his face, he masked it. His one mission in life was to avenge the death of all his comrades and wipe out the cursed menace that seemed to have grown steadily in power since that battle. No one knew him as he and Tonto searched the country for the key men of the Night Legion. Many a time in their search they'd found a chance to aid the cause of justice, and these occasions interrupted their main objective. No one but Tonto knew his true background, and even Tonto didn't know his name. Joe Frisbee stirred slightly when the Lone Ranger finished tying a bandage in place. The wound seemed to have missed a fatal spot. There was a lump on old Joe's head, the result of a blow that might in itself have caused unconsciousness. "Uh, Not as good a job as Tonto would have done, he mused as he nodded the dressing, but it'll stop the bleeding. Once more, the old man moved slightly. Take it easy. "'The deep voice murmured. "'Take it easy, Joe. "'You're going to be all right.' "'The old man's eyelids fluttered, "'and for a moment he looked wide-eyed "'at the masked face close to his. "'I'm awake like you murder sidewinder sad wonder,' he wheezed. "'Then Joe's eyes closed again, and he moaned softly. "'There was a lot of spunk in him, despite his wounds.' Tucked under the mattress on the bunk, the Lone Ranger saw the protruding end of a flask. He took it and unscrewed the cap and smelled it. Brandy, he muttered. Might be the very thing for him right now. He held Joe Frisbee's head up slightly and poured a little of the strong liquor between the bearded lips. Old Joe gulped as the brandy burned down his throat and took hold. Then he swallowed another draft, coughed slightly and once more opened his eyes. CHAPTER THREE JOE FRISBY'S STORY "'Woo!' Joe Frisby gasped and coughed with the brandy given to him by the Lone Ranger. It seemed to bring him new life as he tried to sit erect without the support of the masked man's arm behind his head. His eyes were pale and blue and somewhat dazed for the moment, then as he saw more clearly the one who crouched beside him, he squinted slightly, and a light of bitter hatred crossed his face. "'Why'd you come back?' he rasped. "'Ain't ye satisfied with what you got?' He paused for breath, and his face settled into bitter lines as the extent of his loss struck him. "'My money belt and my map, gone!' he muttered.
1: The map
0: blast it all if I had it back, I'd swap it for a gun with just one cartridge in it to shoot me with the masked man queried with a half smile on his lips. He was well pleased at the old man's returning vigor and tolerant of the fellow's mistake in thinking the Lone ranger one of the outlaws who had attacked him. His voice was kind as he continued, I'm glad you haven't a gun. "'because you'd only be sorry for what you did with it.' "'Sorry?' Frisbee exploded. "'What you mean sorry? "'None of the men in these parts would be sorry "'to get one of you night riding mass snakes "'that don't give decent folk a chance to defend themselves?' "'He sank back exhausted in the supporting arm of the masked man, "'and the silence was unbroken for a minute "'save for the painful breathing of the wounded man.' "'Then his eyes flickered open again "'and a gleam of speculation came into them "'as he fixed his gaze on the quiet man beside him. "'Say, now that I think it,' he muttered, "'why'd you try and kill me one minute "'then bring me round to life the next? "'What's that day there?' Rye's smile twisted his face. "'Bland to take the rest of your gang and torture me?' That's what you rats usually do. Considering everything, I don't wonder you're pretty much confused. But Take it easy for a couple more minutes, then we'll be able to talk. It was a soothing voice the Lone Ranger used. The same voice he used so often in speaking to Silver. The night isn't getting any younger, he continued. There are lots of things to be talked over. Who be you, stranger? The old man wheezed out. I can't figure it out. You wear a mask, and so do they, and yet you save my life. A puzzled frown creased his forehead. Mask man, he repeated. According to my notions, a man that wears a mask has something to hide. I have nothing to hide, the Lone Ranger replied calmly. You'll just have to take me as I am. I'm not one of the night legion. He thought it best to make no mention of the dead man, the man whose warning brought him here. He studied Joe Frisbee's face when he mentioned the night legion, but the words didn't register. He knew the men who came here had been searching the cabin for something that was hard to find. There were countless things he wanted to ask Joe Frisbee, but first the aged man must be made to trust him. When Frisbee pondered the last remarks of the Lone Ranger, there was silence. Joe half extended his large knuckled hand and then withdrew it. He was considering the stranger with a calculating eye. After all, it was the stranger who had saved his life. Why not trust him further? When he spoke, it was slowly. Mister, he said, I reckon you'll do. If you can overlook a couple things, I called you a while back. I admire to shake your hand. My name's Frisbee. Joe Frisbee. He again extended his hand. This time it met that of the Lone Ranger. I'm glad to know you, Joe. Well, what's your handle? What am I supposed to call you? Being as your mast and all, I don't suppose you're going to tell me your name. There was a half-expectant note in his voice. "'Why not just call me friend?' the masked man answered simply. "'I'll take it as a compliment, and I'll come when I'm called.' Suits me,' Frisbee said tersely. The mystery rider sat on the edge of the low bunk and leaned forward to rest his elbows on his knees. His voice was sharp and clear as he talked. "'Now then, let's find out what we can about the men who called on you.' they seemed to have done quite a bit of damage the old fellow sat up abruptly his rage distorting his face as he looked about him at the disordered room those ornery coyotes didn't give me a chance he growled they done busted through the door sudden like with their heads covered i see right off it was the murderous gang of thieves that's been around these parts lately they got themselves known as the night legion. The Lone Ranger nodded grimly. He knew too much about the desperate, hard-riding, ruthless killers. They had come through the door, Frisbee recollected, and two come for me while the other went for everything in the room. He tried to rise, but a sharp pain in his back brought a grimace to his wrinkled face he sat back on the floor, bracing his shoulder against the edge of the bunk. "'I don't know how they knowed about the map,' he went on after a pause. "'But they did. They tried to make me tell where it was hid.' So it was a map for which the Night Legion searched the place. Joe eyed the half-empty flask with a wistful look and ran his tongue across his thin, colorless lips. He glanced at the Lone Ranger, who gave no sign of taking the unvoiced hint. There were questions the masked man would have asked, but he felt the best way to get the story was in Joe's own style. The questions could come later. While two of 'em batted me around trying to make me talk, others went at things, as you can see. They ripped the trunk apart and the floor up and tried to take the fireplace down. Suspecting a hiding place somewhere behind the stones, then one suggested that they were holler legs in the chairs or the tables, so they ripped them apart. Then they finally slid the mattress of my bunk, and that's where I'd hid the map. He paused for a long moment to gain new strength before continuing. Half a map is what I should say, cause that's all it was. Half a map. "'Yep, yeah, that's all!' A puzzled look came into his face. "'I don't know how they found out about it. Beats me!' "'Well, who knew about it?' Two men in the world. I'm one, t'other other was my partner.' "'Was the map of any value?' Joe Frisbee nodded slowly. "'That map, two parts of it put together, was worth a heap of money.' My partner had one half, I had the other. It had all the information that was needed to make men rich. So they found the half of the map in your mattress. The Lone Ranger primed the old man to get his story continued. Yeah, they had one of them come at me with a knife, and another fetched me a whack on the head. That's all I can recollect. The men's heads were covered with black cloth, weren't they? Joe Frisbee nodded. I suppose as long as you know this much, I may as well tell the rest, but all this talk is sort of tirin' to me. I understand, Joe, but if you'll let me I might be able to help you. For what you said, partner, I reckon maybe you know something of those critters that make up the night legion. The masked man's mouth was compressed into a thin line. The more we learn of them, the better the chance to wipe them out, he stated simply. "'Just so. Well, I can't tell you no more of them. "'But how they got to know about that half of a map "'is a downright deep mystery to me.'" Once more, the Lone Ranger asked, "'What was the map?' "'Well, after some years of prospecting,' Joe related, "'my pardon me, had a streak of uncommon good luck. "'We stumbled on a vein of gold back in the hills.'" that looked to be as rich as any mine that had been found. The ore was as rich as the famous lost Dutchman mine was said to be, but it was all hard rock mining that had to be done, and we couldn't afford to work it. The words came in a rush that made him pause to gather strength again. Then he continued. We made a map of the place so We could find it again, then we tore the map in half, and my partner took half, and I kept half. Sam Whitcomb, that's my part, was to go east with his half to get back in. I come here to wait for him, promising to wait till he come back. I ain't said a word of what we found to anyone. He went on painfully. And tonight you see what happened old joe cleared his throat and looked longingly at the brandy he decided at another try so much talking is sort of hard after hardly saying a word for the three years i've been here he said longingly the masked one a whimsical smile tugging at the corner of his mouth passed over the flask without a word frisbee grasped at it eagerly and shook it with an apologetic gesture he placed it to his lips and took a long draft, the Adam's apple and the skinny neck moving up and down as the brandy burned down his throat. "'Been a powerful long time since I needed liquor like now, partner. There's been plenty of times when I've drunk a dern sot more and needed it a dern sot less.'" Frisbee. This gang of men that has been terrorizing the entire region must be wiped out completely. No one knows who their leader is, but he is some man that has an uncanny knack for getting information. Just as he got the information about your half in the map, I was hoping to learn more about the Night Legion. You? Yes. You know about them pole cats? I know that unless they're wiped out soon, they'll undo all that has been done to conquer and civilize the West. The Lone Ranger's voice was broken slightly with the emotion that shook him when he continued. The night region represents the worst in everything that's ruthless, cruel, brutal, and lawless. There are a hundred murders to be paid for, thousands of stolen dollars to be returned, and, and my map, Joe Frisbee finished with emphasis. Tell me, said the Lone Ranger, leaning forward eagerly. Have you heard the voice of the leader of those men? I sure did. I heard it a plenty. Would you recognize it if you were to hear it again? I'd recognize that voice in Hades. What's more, I'd almost be willing to go there to get the skunk that owns it. Joe Frisbee spat on the board floor to punctuate his declaration. The Lone Ranger thought he might find a valuable witness in the old man when the night legion was finally brought to trial. But at that moment, a black blob appeared outside the window. The now brightly burning fire illumined it, and the two eyes peering from behind the holes in the hood looked almost spectral. Joe, reaching once again for the flask, glanced up, and his hand froze halfway to his lips. Seeing his expression, the Lone Ranger understood. He leapt from the bunk to spring quickly to one side. His hands flashed down and up, and three shots blasted the silence. Orange flames lashed through the glass window from each of the ranger's heavy guns, but he'd fired while in midair in his leap, and the black hood against the black of night outside made an uncertain target. Of the three shots, but one found its mark. A soft moan from Joe Frisbee, and he rolled over onto the floor. The flask dropped from his lifeless fingers. His hand clawed feebly in his chest, and then flopped limply. Directly over his heart, a red smear moistened his denim shirt. This time there would be no awakening for the old man. But the Lone Ranger raced through the door. The Night Legion had struck again, another murder to be paid for. Running through the trees, the Lone Ranger paid no heed to silence. He heard the fading of a horse's hooves, and his only thought as he reached toward Tonto and the horses was to get aboard the mighty Silver and pursue the hooded killer. In a fraction of the time it had taken him to reach the house, he was at the tree to which the horses had been tethered. Then it struck him with the force of a blow. Why hadn't those shots brought Tonto? Silver stood alone. Tonto's horse and Tonto himself were gone.